Hey, let's give God glory for all that. Let's make sure God gets all the glory for that. Amen. So I, I think by next Sunday, uh, we, we can fix a couple problems. Uh, after last week, I called uh, some of my coaches and my mentors in, in ministry. I said, hey, I, I don't know what to do. God just blew my mind. I'm telling you what. And, uh, and they're like, dude, you've, you've got to go to two services immediately. You, you've got to make room for people. And look around the room today, and we're still, we're, we're over capacity. So what do you say next Sunday, we just go ahead and go to two services and have one at 930 for you early birds, and then we'll have one at 11 o'clock. How about that? Does that sound good? Yeah. So we'll have you a little bit more breathing room, and then I don't know much about, I'm not a heating and air guy, but I do know something about BTUs, and there's a whole lot of BTUs in here because there's a whole lot of B-U-T-T-S's in here. <laughs> hey, that, that, man, that was improv right there. I'm telling you, improv. No, how about that? We, we will uh, make sure, how about everybody today fill out one of those connection cards so we can send you out reminders this week. Hey, don't forget, Sunday, 9, 30, and 11, we're going to be ready for you. That's What that'll do also is allow our, our people who are serving, they'll be able to come to church a service and, and also uh, go serve a service. And those of you who are staying for growth track today, we're, you're going to be serving here in just a few weeks, so it's pretty awesome to think about that. And, um, and so we'll talk more about growth track in just a second. But if you are a parent or a student here and you want to know, man, what, what do we have for students? We're going to throw up a, a graphic on the screen for you real quick. And I just, if you are a student or a parent of students, just text the word students to that number right there. And it'll shoot you back a real quick message just saying, hey, this is what we have available to you, students, to that number. And uh, it'll, it'll text you our student leader's number, all, everything you need to know right there. And, um, and, and we'll keep you in the loop, all right? All right. So growth track is the primary way that we help get people involved here at City Hope Church. Like if, if, you've, been, if you've been coming... Uh, last week, this week, maybe you're here today and you're like, this is an answer to prayer, then growth track is your next step. That's how, like, if you're kicking the tires, you know when you're buying a new vehicle, you're like, well, I mean, looks like we could put a new set of tires on this thing. What is that going to cost us? You throw in a new set of tires, I'll buy that baby right there, you know? And, and you're kicking the tires of the church, looking under the hood. Growth track is for you. It helps you know, is this the church for you? Is this where, where God's calling you? And so here's what we know is that, that City Hope's not for everybody. We want it to be. We want it to be for everybody. But uh, we, if you're not going here, we want you somewhere. Come on, somebody. We just want you going somewhere. So that's right after the service today. Um, and, and we have so many people staying for growth track. We're going to do it in here. <laughs> And if you have kids today, they're going to stay in, in the kids' environment, and you can pick them up in the library after the service. All right? Cool. Good deal. Food? food? There is food. There is food. But if, I, if you come just for the food, then uh, you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> you're going to be so disappointed. There is food today. And, and here, here's what we say. We take care of the tab on the food because we figure when you give in the offering, you already paid for it. So why should we charge you for it again? You know what I'm saying? So, so that's the way we do it around here. So it, lunch is provided, child care is provided as well, all right? So we're going to dive in today. Our theme verse is coming from, uh, from the book of Proverbs, chapter 29, verse 18. And it says this. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, remember, if, if 
if they don't have vision for their lives, if, there's no, if they're not dreaming, if they're not leaning in, then they stumble all over themselves. They, they, they're, they're aimlessly walking if there's no vision or dreaming, no purpose to their life. But when they attend to what he reveals, then they are the most blessed. And in your worship guide is all is pages of notes. You can take notes with us, fill in the blanks. On your way out today, I'm, uh, one more commercial. On your way out today, you can take that worship guide. There'll be somebody holding a container. Drop that. Drop everything you don't take home with you today in there, and we'll reuse it until we can't use it anymore. We'll be, just be good stewards of what we have. And so when you attend to God's plan and his vision for your life, that's when you're the most blessed. And that's my prayer for you. That's what we want for you is we want you to be able to say at the end of the day, I'm living out my dreams. I'm doing what God has created me to do. I'm fulfilling my purpose on this earth. That's what we want you to do. That's our heart for you. And so uh, Acts number, uh, number 2, verse 17 was, is another theme verse for us. Peter is talking here. He says, he says in the last days, God says, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all people. He's, he's, he's going to pour out his spirit on us, and your sons and daughters are going to prophesy. They're going to encourage people. Your young men are going to see visions. Your old men are going to dream dreams. And he's going to pour out his spirit in the last days. He's going to ramp up his spirit. And I believe he's doing that. He's going to give more dreams and more visions and, and more prophecies in the last days. He's going to pour out his spirit on us. And so I'm grateful for that. Last week we talked about how dreams are the language of God. That's, that's one of the ways that God speaks to us. He speaks to us through his dreams. And so one of the questions is, how do I hear God? How do I hear his voice? How do I know that God's talking to me? So today, we're, we're going to talk about how can we hear the voice of the Lord. And I'm going to give you, to start with, five, five practical steps for you to be able to hear the voice of God. I know in my life, there have been many times where I just felt like God's not speaking. You ever been there before? Yeah, so I want to give you five steps today, okay? Five things. And number one is this. We're jumping right in. Write this out. Withdraw. Not withdrawals, right? Not with, we're not talking about withdrawals. We're talking about withdraw. We're going to withdraw. We're going to get away from the noise. We're going to get away from all the hustle and the bustle and all the things in life. We're just going to get away from that. And we're going to get along with God. Some of you take vacations, right? You take vacations and you take, some of you take multiple vacations a year. Come on, I want to live with you. You know what I'm saying? Let's go. Let's go on vacation. And so you take multiple, you take vacations every year because you know what it does to your body. It refreshes you. It, it lifts you up. You come back just ready to, to tackle life again. Well, why don't we do that to our, our spirit? Why don't we get along with God in our spirit man? Our spirit man is actually more important than our, our physical man. Why don't we get along with God that way? We need, we need to take vacations just like we do in, in the physical. We need to do it spiritually. So here's what you've got to do. You've got to put it on your calendar. If you're going to withdraw, you can't just be like, you know, I'm just, I think I'm going to take some time tomorrow. No, you've got to put it on your calendar because whatever's important in life is what makes it to your calendar. If you look at my calendar right now, uh, at 5.30 every morning, it says God time. That's all it says. Anybody who's looking at my calendar, 5.30, God time. Why so early, Ben? Man, what, what do you got to get up so early for? Because we have four boys. 
our house is crazy. Man, our house, there's kids running around everywhere. It's loud. I mean, there are kids just all over the place. And, and somebody said, well, you know, you know what, how, what happens, right? You know how that works, right? And I say, yes, we just don't want to stop. You know what I'm saying? We know what causes it, but we're just not willing to give it up. Now, we won't be having any more kids. That's taken care of. We, we fixed that problem. But here's the deal. It's, it, I know in my life, if I'm going to get alone with God, it's going to be while it's still dark outside and while nobody else is awake. Because once they wake up, it's over. <laughs> It's over. And, and that's how we withdraw. We got to put it on the calendar. We got to make time for it. And Annalise and I pray together. We pray together mostly at night, but we, that's not my quiet time with God. That's not my withdrawal time. That's not my getting away and getting alone with God. That's like, you know, we're laying in bed. Hey, it's your turn to pray. We're praying. We're lifting up things. And, and, and that's our time together. But withdrawal is me and the Lord. And we learn this from Jesus in Luke chapter 5, verse 16. It says this, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places, and he prayed. He got away from everything else. He got the distractions out of his life, and it was just he and the Father. And so we've got to learn to do that same thing. So when we withdraw, the next step is number two. We, we've, we've got to wait. Don't get in a hurry. You know, don't withdraw and then be like, all right, Lord, it's been 30 seconds. You haven't spoken yet. I don't have much time. See you next week. No, don't get in a hurry. Just, just wait. Just be patient. Wait it out. And this is a hard word for us, waiting. Oh, my goodness. We have drive throughs and if it takes, like, a few minutes, man, we, we're like, I can't believe this place. Why can't everybody just do it like Chick-fil-A? I mean, just... <laughs> we don't like to wait. Oh, but it's so important. Waiting is a hard word because we value busyness. Not business, busyness. We value being busy. We wear it like a badge of honor. Oh, man, how you doing lately? Man, I'm just so busy. I've been working seven days a week for 364 days. Tomorrow's a whole year. I've been working seven days a week, 22 hours a day. Man, I'm getting two hours of sleep. Man, I hadn't seen the kids in six months, the wife, man. We, you know, like, come on. Hey, yeah, so we, we can't. We can't, we can't live like that. You know, some people would say, some people say, uh, uh, man, we got so much going on with sports, and we got a kid playing in every sport and two sports a year. We, hey, we're not meant to be that busy, y'all. We, we can't keep it up. We can't keep it up. So, but here's the deal. You never hear anybody say, hey, how you doing? And they respond like, man, my life is just so chill right now. I don't, I don't have anything going on, no commitments. My life's just, you know, I'm good, brother. I just, nothing going on. Nobody ever says that. Because then you feel like, oh, oh, he's lazy. That's his problem. Lazy. So we've got, we've got to wait. In Psalm 46.10, check this out. It says, just, just be still. Like, hey, take a break. Calm down and just know. Like, realize, understand, let it sink in that he is God. Come on, y'all. Another verse in Psalm 62, 5, it says, Let all that I am wait quietly before God. I'm just going to wait quietly before God, for my hope is in Him. That's where my hope is. So we just need to get away. 
We just need to withdraw, and then we need to wait. Some of you are like, please talk right now. (laughs) We're not used to the silence. We need to get a little bit of silence in our lives. That's what we need to do. All right. So withdraw, wait. Number three, we're going to get in God's word. Read God's word. Let's make sure next time we capitalize that G. It's capitalized there, but not back there. Thank you so much. I was like, man, don't take the Lord's name in vain up in here. Get in God's word. Some of you are asking the Lord. You're asking the Lord for a fresh word. God, speak to me. Lord, speak to my heart. Lord, give me a word. And he's saying, hey, I've given you 66 books for you to just open up. And if you'll just read the word, you'll get a word. <laughs> He's already given us a word, y'all. And, and, and yes, he'll speak to us through other ways, but we can get in his word and get a word for right now, for today. So we've got to open up the word and read it. Uh, he might, another thing he might be doing is he might be holding out on you because you didn't do the last thing he told you to do. Oh, God, speak to me about this. And he spoke to you, and, and you're like, I don't know about that. Uh, and so you didn't follow through on what he asked you to do. He's, he's, you're saying, Lord, give me a word. And he's saying, just go do what I told you to do. And I'll have another word for you. So get in his word. Read the pages of the Bible, all 66 of them. And, and, or go do what God had told you to do. Some of you just need to stop listening for a voice and start looking for a verse. Amen. You can tweet that one. That was good. Start, stop listening for the voice and look for the verse. Look what he has to say to you through his word. And every one of us, every one of us in here today, we've got to return to the authority of the word of God. It is the authority on our life. Come on, somebody. This book right here has everything we need to know in it, everything we need to know. And so we've got to return to it. We've got to get it inside of us because Jesus said man doesn't live on bread alone lives on every word of, that comes out of the mouth of God. Get in his word. You eat every day, don't you? Hey, come on, eat spiritually every day. Eat from the word of God every day. And there's no condemnation in this if, if you're not doing that. Hey, don't, don't let condemnation set in. Just start today. One of my habits is that every morning, sometime between 5 and 5.30, I wake up, and the very first thing I do is make a cup of coffee. <laughs> You, you thought I was going to say read the Bible, but the first thing I do is make that pot of coffee, that, that Keurig. I, I put some coffee on, and then I sit down, I get my phone out, and I have the Bible app on my phone, the Version app, and you can get all kinds of plans on that Bible app. I read the one-year Bible. Every year for the last several years, I've made it a habit that I'm just going to read the Bible in one year every single year. And so I'm going to read an Old Testament portion, a New Testament portion, a psalm, and a proverb every single day. And I can't tell you how the Lord speaks to me through his word. It's like right now. And some of you, uh, some of you, you're thinking, man, I would fall so far behind. Don't, hey, if you fall behind, don't worry about it. Just, just do today's portion. Don't worry about the last three weeks. Man, I got 37 chapters to make up today. Hey, don't try that because you'll hate reading the Bible. You'll be like, man, I've been reading for hours. Hadn't caught up. No, just read today because Jesus said in the Lord's Prayer, he said, here's what he said. 
if I, if, I, if I can find it, he said, give us today our daily bread, right? Give us today, this day, this moment, our daily bread. He's speaking through his word. We got to just be listening to it. So there's, we're on a journey. We're going to withdraw. Then we're going to wait. Then, then we're going we're gonna to get in God's word. What's he saying to us? And then, number four, we're going to write it down. Just write. What is he saying to you? What is he speaking to you? Write it out. Put it on paper. Um, what's the dream that he put in, in your heart? Last week we talked about bucket lists, right? And hopefully you went home and started dreaming and writing out some things that God was speaking to you about a bucket list. But my favorite way to journal and to write is what, we, what I call the SOAP method. And it's not like a battle between Dove and Irish Spring or like Dial or something like that. It's, it's actually, it's, it's an acrostic. And S is for scripture. When I journal, when I write it out, I, I write the scripture first. What scripture stood out to me? When I was reading the Bible that morning, man, at what point did my heart start going, dude, that's for me. So I'm going to write the scripture. And then O is for observation. What did it speak to me? It said something to me. What was that? What was it saying? And then number three, the A is application. How does this apply to my everyday life? Did you know the word still, it, like the Bible in, in Hebrew says it's alive and it's active. The word is active. So it's, it's not, listen to, I, this is not in my notes, but I'm telling you, it's not something that was just for the early church 2,000 years ago. It's active today. It speaks to us today. So how does it apply to me? And then I'm going to write out a prayer. I'm, I'm, I physically write out prayers. All right, Lord, with what you've spoken to me today, what are, what are you saying? I'm going to write out that prayer. This week, two times, the Lord spoke to me so clearly through my, through, through my journal time. One day, God was just saying, hey, you need to do it now. It was a reading in Exodus. Do it now. Whatever it is, whatever you've got to talk about, whoever you've got to see, whatever decisions you've got to make, don't put it off. Do it now. And then Friday, it was... Just stand still. Just stand still. So the Lord was speaking to me in things that I was asking him about straight through his word. I'll tell you about that sometime if you want more, you want to talk about it. I'd love to go to coffee and just talk about it. And then number five is what we're going to do. We're going to review it. So we're going to withdraw, just get alone, get away. We're going to wait it out. What are you saying? It doesn't have to be hours. It can be 15 minutes, but just wait. It can be five minutes. Just just be still and know. Then we're going to get in his word. Then we're going to write that down, and then we're going to review it. And why is it important to review it? Because if you write it down, it must have been worth writing down. God, God may want you to go back to it sometimes, see how your progress is. How are, how are you fulfilling that thing that he told you to write down? Maybe you go back and you do a little checkup, and you see what was God speaking to me six months ago. Did I listen to him? Did I, did I walk out in obedience to what he was saying? So we're going to review that. All right, that's the practical side. I'm super practical. I need practical tips for my everyday life. Anybody else with me? You just need something practical. You're not, you're not looking for like five points of, of theology here and there. Just something practical. But now I want to give you some inspiration, okay? Anybody ever heard of the app um, Periscope? okay. Look, there's not a single person in this room heard of, heard of Periscope. That's why, that's because 
Facebook Live put Periscope out, okay? Years ago, there was an app that came out called Periscope, and it did everything that Facebook Live does. So you, you would record live video, and people would, they would post emojis, and they would comment, and you would, you, would, uh, you would just stream live video through Periscope, and it was a big hit right at first. But it always asked this question before you went live. You had to type a, you had to type a description, and the question was always, what are you seeing now? And that's, that's a good question for you and me today. What are you seeing now? What's God speaking to you now? And so you, you would write out, hey, uh, I'm over here at the sheriff's department. We're feeding hamburgers and hot dogs, just loving on our community. And it would post a tweet, and everybody would know, hey, Ben and City Hope's over at the sheriff's department, etc." So that's the question I want to ask you. What are you seeing now? And I'm not talking about with your physical eyes. I'm talking about with your spiritual eyes, the eyes of your heart. What is God speaking to you? Did you know you had eyes in your heart? And they're not like physical eyeballs. Just It's a spiritual outlook. What's he saying to you? It's amazing that we can see the same things with our physical eyes. We can watch the same news segment. We can read the same articles. But we come back with different views because we're looking with these and not with these. So that's what we're, just real quick, I want to talk about these eyes that are in our heart real quick. And this is my prayer for you from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 and 18. This is what my prayer is for you. I keep asking that the, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, that he would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you would know him better. I, look, that you don't just know him. Oh, yeah, yeah, me, yeah, me and God, yeah, we know each other. Yeah, we, I go to church sometimes. Know that you would personally have a relationship with him that matters, that you would know him. And I'm praying that the eyes of your heart, there it is, the eyes, those spiritual eyes in your heart, would be enlightened in order that you would know the hope, that you would know the purpose, that you would know the destiny, that you would know the dream that God has put inside of you, that thing that he's called you to, and when you know that, my goodness, you're, you're going to see the riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people. Here's what it's saying. In other words, when you start dreaming big dreams, when you start leaning into your purpose and you find your destiny and you're living it out, you realize that you're part of God's bigger design. You realize that you are actually part of the solution to what you see on the news. Come on, somebody. Man, somebody just needs to do something about that. I'll tell you what right now. Somebody needs to do something. Hey, God's saying you need to do something. When you realize this, when you know him better, when you know the hope, when you know your purpose in this life, you realize I'm part of the solution. I'm part of this group of people that's going to make a difference in other people's lives. We collectively make the difference. So there's this Old Testament story we're going we're to go through real quick. It's an Old Testament story that I want to illustrate. Like, how, 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 how do we know? How do we discern what are we seeing right now with our spiritual eyes? And in 2 Kings chapter, chapter 3, verse 9, it says this. So the king of Israel set out with the king of Judah and the king of Edom. After a roundabout march of seven days, the army had no more water for themselves or for the animals that were with them. All right, hold on a second. A roundabout march for seven days. Does that sound familiar? So they're going to war against Moab, 
And they're trying to come up with a battle plan. Man, what are we going to do? How are we going to attack them? And somebody goes, man, remember that time that Joshua marched around Jericho for seven days? It was awesome. It was real cool. Remember that? And, and what they were trying to do was serve an old vision. They were trying to serve something that was in the past, but God was actually trying to do something new. He was doing a new thing, and they weren't seeing it. They weren't realizing it. They couldn't see that God was doing something brand new. So they're serving that old vision. They're serving it. And I'm, I want to tell you this today, too, that City Hope Church is probably not going to be like the church you came from, and that's okay. Because God is doing something new in this city. He's doing something new with this church. I'm probably not going to be like the pastor you had, good, bad, or indifferent. I'm probably not going to be like him. And that's okay because God's doing something new and fresh, and he's reviving things in this city. So, so uh, the king of Israel, I don't know if this is on the screen or not, but they say, we're out of water. We are out of water. The, the troops, the animals don't have anything to drink. And the king of Israel goes, what? Hey, you got to read your Bible like that. It's funny to read it like that. I mean, why, why do drugs when you can do scripture? It's right there. There's just a lot of drama in the Bible. Just, just read it like that. Have fun with it. He says, it's like a, uh, it's like a Joe Dirt what? Like a what? <laughs> kind of like that. And, and the king of Israel, he's kind of upset. He says, has the Lord called us together only to hand us over to Moab? Here we are thirsting in the desert, in the wilderness, but Jehoshaphat, awesome, that's an awesome name right there. He says, is the Lord, he says, is there not a prophet of the Lord here nearby? Can't, can't we just go inquire of him, inquire of the Lord through the through the prophet? Where's he at? And one of the officers of the king of Israel answered, hey, there's Elisha, son of Snapchat. He's over there, and it's not really Snapchat, Shep, Shaphat or something like that, but it looks like Snapchat. <laughs> he says, Elisha, son of Shaphat, is here. He lives nearby, and he used to pour water on the hands of Elijah. And so Jehoshaphat knows, man, this guy, he's good then. If he used to hang out with Elijah, he's the real deal. And so the word of the Lord is with him, he said. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Edom, went down to him. They all three kings went to Elisha. And Elisha said to the king of Israel, he said, what do we have to do with each other? Elisha and the king of Israel weren't getting along. Because the king of Israel, he never would listen to Elisha anyway. He would always go to his own prophets. And so Elisha says, come on, bro, what are you even coming to talk to me for? What do we have to do with each other? And he says, why don't you go talk to the prophets of your mom and dad? Because you don't care about what I have to say. And then the king of Israel answers. He says, because it was the Lord who called us three kings to, together to hand us over to Moab. And he says, as surely as the Lord Almighty lives, Elisha says this, as surely as the Lord Almighty lives, whom I serve, if I didn't have respect for the presence of Jehoshaphat, I wouldn't even look you in the eyes, king of Israel. I wouldn't have anything to do with you because you, you don't listen to what I have to say anyway. And so he's, he's just kind of like, but because Jehoshaphat's here, because J-Dog is with you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to ask the Lord. And so he does this. He says, bring me a harpist. 
And in uh, verse 15, I think we have that on the screen, should have that on the screen. It says, bring me a harpist. And while the harpist was playing, the hand of the Lord was on Elisha. So I just want to illustrate real quick. I'm going to come over here to the keys. So he says, he says, bring me a harpist. And the harpist started playing. Can't you just see? Did you feel the, the environment in the room kind of change when I started playing? It kind of changes things when we get some worship music going. And I'm just telling you that some of you need to get some worship music going on in your life. You want to hear the voice of the Lord. You want to know what He's saying to you. But the voice of God is drowned out by so many other things. And you just need to get alone with God. And you need to just seek Him and get in His presence. Because here's the deal about dreams. Dreams are birthed in God's presence. Write that down. They're birthed in His presence. When you get in His presence. You can just sense the atmosphere change right there. But if I stop, it just kind of goes away, doesn't it? It's different. You can, you can, it just, it just kind of lifted. But if I play again, just this, this mood that happens, and I'll stop and just kind of, kind of back to normal. Hey, church, you're going to make it. God's with you. God is on your side. I got one amen out of that, okay? But if I start playing, church, you're going to make it. I'm telling you, God is on your side, and He is with you through the storm. I'm telling you right now, He's with you. I can't keep playing, so I'm going to come on out here. He's on your side. Dreams are birthed in His presence. Get alone with God. It, it keeps going on verse 16. It says, once he felt the hand of the Lord on him, he said, this is what the Lord says. And he says, make this valley full of ditches. And the three kings are like, Elisha, I think you missed the point, man. I, I, I don't think you heard right from the Lord. See, we need rain. We don't need to be going out here making ditches we need rain because we don't have anything to drink and our animals don't have anything to drink so we we need you to go back to the lord and pray again and ask the lord again and, and he says no 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 listen if you want to believe god for something great then you're gonna have to do something and that's the deal Jesus realized. Jesus, if you watch him, if you watch his ministry, every time he healed somebody, he required an action with their faith. To the man with the withered hand, what did he say? Stretch out your hand. Now, how did he know he was healed? He just said, stretch it out. To the paralytics that he would raise up from, 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 uh, from the, their beds, he would say what? Take up your mat and go home. How did they even know they were healed yet? He made them put some action with the faith. And that's what Elisha is doing here. He's saying, hey, if you want to do something great, then you're going to have to put some action. That's number two. Dreams have to go from inspiration to, prep, to participation. 
They have to go from being inspired, like when you start dreaming, you can't just keep dreaming. You have to put some action with the dream. You've got to go do something about it. Somebody say, do something. Hey, you, you've got to do something about it. When you start dreaming, don't just keep on dreaming. You want to do something great? Well, that's, that's awesome, but put it on your calendar and go do something great. You want to do something great? Don't just dream about it. Go actually get a team of people to do it. Make it happen. Put some action with your faith. And he, he, our, our dreams have to have action just to see what God might do. We don't even know until we step out. And he keeps going in verse 17 and 18. He, he says, this is what the Lord says. Hey, you're going to dig ditches, but this is what God says. You won't see neither wind nor rain. Well, Elisha, why are we digging ditches then? What's the point if we're not going to see rain? You're going to dig these ditches, but nothing's going to happen. What are you seeing? Remember that phrase. What are you seeing now? These three kings, they're going, we can't see what you're talking about, Elisha. It doesn't make sense. Why did he tell them, dig ditches, but don't expect anything to happen? It's because he wanted them to hang in there. Hey, don't give up. And I'm telling you today, some of you have given up on your dreams. You've thrown in the towel. You said it's pointless. I can't dream again. There's no reason for me to lean into that anymore. You've given up on it. And this is, this is a great moment to just tell you next week we're going to talk about how to not give up on your dreams. So come back to hear how we don't, we, we don't have to give up on our dreams. Back to the scripture. He says, dig the ditches. You're going to prepare, but nothing's going to happen. It's not going to happen the way you thought it was going to happen. What are you seeing with your eyes? Well, what I saw was this way. It's not going to happen that way. It's not going to happen the way you thought it would happen is what he's trying to tell them. And he says, you're going to dig ditches. You're going to pray for rain. It's not going to happen. Yet, verse 18, this valley will be filled with water, and you and your cattle, the other animals, will drink. This is an easy thing in the eyes of the Lord, he says. He will also hand you over to Moab. Hey, he's going to give you rain. He's going to answer your prayers, but it won't be the way that you thought it was going to be. That, that, that's number three. Look at this. Number three on the screen. Dreams have to continue regardless of what you see. You feel like it's a hopeless situation. This dream will never come true. I don't even know why I trusted God in the first place. Uh, you, there's not a cloud in the sky. Why are we digging ditches? I don't understand this, but God is saying don't give up on your dreams. It might not happen the way you want it to happen, but you can dream again. He will fulfill the dreams that he's put in your heart. Come on, somebody. Let's give praise to God today. They've got to continue regardless of what you see. Hey, bow your heads and close your eyes with me today. We're going to wrap up. And as you, as you close your eyes, I just, I just want you to begin to dream right where you are. Begin to dream. Begin to lean in to things that God's put in your heart. And while you're dreaming, I'm just going to pray this prayer for you from Ephesians Lord, we're asking you today that you would, I'm asking you, God, that you would give this church the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that they can have a personal, intimate relationship with you, Father. Lord, I'm, I'm praying, I'm asking you that you would open their eyes, their spiritual eyes, that you would enlighten them to know the hope, to know the purpose, to know the dream that you've put in their hearts. 
the thing that you've called them to, God, stir that up inside of them today. Lord, I'm asking you that you'd let them, let City Hope Church, let this group of people be your church on this earth, that they would be the salt and the light, that they would be a city on a hill, that their dreams would become reality. Lord, that you would stir inside of them things that are so far-fetched that only you can do, Lord. I'm asking you to let them be a place of hope for those who are in dark places. I'm asking you to just revive things that have been long gone, things that they have forgotten about. Revive those dreams in their heart. For every person here today, every person here, God, is part of your plan. Every person is part of your destiny. It's part of your, they're part of your grand design. You have purpose and place for them. I'm asking you to help them understand that and help, help them to realize that, that they are yours. And when they realize their purpose, God, it'll bring them so much joy. <laughs> it'll bring them so much fulfillment. And everything else in life will just feel so small, so insignificant compared to you. Lord, I'm asking you to make everything else in their lives just so small compared to what you've called them to. And as they take time this week, Lord, as they set aside time to know you more, to hear your voice, I'm asking Will you help them withdraw? Help them to just put it on their calendar, to make it a daily appointment. To just get alone with you, Lord. Lord, help them to wait, to not get in a hurry. I see people just rushing out of their houses so often just always in a rush. God, help us to slow down a little bit, to just wait on you. And to get in your word because it's your word that gives us life. It's your word that speaks to us, that gives us hope, that gives us freedom. And as they get in your word, let them write out the promises that you speak to them. Let them write out the things that come to their heart. I thank you for that, God. Hey, with your heads bowed, your eyes still closed, some of you are so stirred up by this message today. You're so, like you're leaning in so big right now. You're like, man, like it's stirring you up. But for some of you, you're, you're stirred up for, for a whole nother reason, and it's because you know you're far from God. You know you're not living out the purpose that God has in your life. You, you know that you're running away from God. You're feeling the guilt and the shame of your past. And I'm telling you, that's not the Lord. He's, he, he's not wanting guilt and shame on you. He's not wanting condemnation. It aches inside of you to know that, that you're so far from God. And you're, you're asking, Ben, what do I have to do? What do I have to do to come back home? And it's just one word. Repent. Real simple. It's not a really churchy word. Repent simply at its, at its easiest meaning just means to turn to change your mind about how you feel about the way you're going. Change your mind about it. Turn from the way you've been. You, you've been running away from God. Well, now you've got to change your mind about that and then run to God. Just change your mind. Change your heart. Head back to God. And the good news is this. He, he's waiting with, for you with arms open wide. I'm telling you. He's waiting for you to just embrace you. There's no condemnation when you come back to the Lord. There's no condemnation. He, 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 there's a blank slate. There's a clean page. There is a complete do-over waiting for you, waiting for every person who would turn back and run to God. 
And I want to help you with that decision today. I want to lead you through that decision. And we're not going to ask you to stand up. We won't ask you to, to, we're not going to single you out. But you need to make a decision today that it's time for you to run to God. It's time for you to come back home. And if that's you, with all boldness and courage right now, I just want you to lift up your hand. If that's you, just lift up your hand. Just keep it up right where you are. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Who else would say, I need to come back home. I need to come back. Just keep it up right where you are. God bless you. Hands are up all over the place. Anybody else? I'm coming back. I've, I've got to come back. I'm running far from God. I'm deciding. Decide in your mind right now. I'm coming back home today. Amen. Amen. And I want everybody to just say this prayer with me today. Let's say it. Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for giving your life for me. I repent. Turn from my ways. And I'm coming back to you. You are my God. You're my king. And I will serve you. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you're the savior of the world. You're my savior. Today is a new day. I'm a changed person. I'm different. I'm called. I have purpose. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen, amen. And come on, let's give God thanks today for people who come to know Jesus today. Amen. Amen.